least twice a day she want our money bad legs calling me from different numbers oh she thinks she's slick but i got them all memorized i hit it no quick needed tuition needed room and board had to pay for books so i took out loads of all right, folks, how you doing? Welcome back to the podcast, True Results 303. I am Russell, your host. Once again, don't forget to visit the website, sign up for the free newsletter, download your free PDF files, Setting Goals, Fitness, and Nutrition. Don't forget to follow on social media, Facebook, Twitter, Google+, the YouTube channel as well. Coming at you today with a video on the truth about education. That's why I had that song going. For those of you who have been listening to the last few episodes, you know that I like a rapper called or named D1, D-E-E-1. That's his song, Sally Maybach. It was actually quite popular, I think, in the middle of 2016 of last year. I wasn't a fan of the song, but a lot of people liked it, and he was definitely able to connect I assume with a lot of college students or just young adults dealing with the loan payments on their college education. So, one thing I want to start with is knowledge is not power. I know we hear that phrase a lot, right? Knowledge is power. But we've got to remember that knowledge is not power. It's knowledge applied that is power. It doesn't, matter, it doesn't matter how much you know if you're not doing it. right Now, coming from a personal training aspect, you know this, this uh, podcast is about mind, body, spirit, fitness. So fitness, diet, nutrition, all these things come into play. And actually, hold on, since I brought that up, I just remembered I wanted to give a shout out to some more followers at least on SoundCloud, and it's been I've, it's been a while since I've made a podcast about three weeks, maybe a month. So we're gonna go with I think it's Rebel F Bethany, Mister underscore Smooth underscore Guy nineteen nineteen eight, Haggard Chick, Live underscore and Let underscore Live nine three two one, Connie underscore Brant ninety two, and Michelle underscore Malang. So once again, thank you for being a part of the community. But anyways, remember it's knowledge applied. It doesn't matter what you know if you're not putting it to good use. It's the same thing when I was working at the gym. You know, you're given the free workouts trying to get people to sign up for personal training and people will say, oh, I know what I'm doing. This, you know, whatever the excuse is, but unfortunately for the last three, four years, they've been failing every time at achieving their goals. And it's, I'm not saying that getting a personal trainer is going to guarantee that you get the results that you want. But once again, it's accountability and it's using your money the way it should be used, using your resources valuably that is going to help you. And unfortunately, we don't do that in our lives today. We don't use our money properly. Uh, Next thing is always question everything. So when I first started going down my spiritual path, coming back to the church and to the Catholic faith, I had a guy tell me, well, doesn't Catholic just mean universal? And in meaning universal, doesn't God want me to know a little bit about everything? And that's true. 
I agree with it 100%. And at the time, since I was newly diving into my spirituality and my faith and doing my own studying, you know, you, you start to, once you actually start to have conversations with people about things, you struggle with answers because it's not, you know, it's not topics that you're used to discussing. But question everything. And of course, God wants you to know everything. But when it comes down to it, if that is your faith, Christianity is your truth, you need to know that first. You know, in that sense of God wants me to know everything. But yeah, but have you been studying God? You know, I don't care how much you can bench press, how much you can squat, how many exercises you know, how extensive your fitness knowledge is. But do you have that relationship with God? Do you know the path that God wants, right? That's just as if not more important than what you do in the gym or any other things that you are reading or listening to. So first of all, you need to understand and know your relationship with God. So first I want to go with just a little bit of a the downfall of today's educational system, the schools, right? So I'm going to be I'm 34 so I'm, I'm definitely older um, and I think we've got to understand that public schools in general right they are government funded in my opinion the government has their own personal agenda or in general at least a majority of the time what schools are teaching can conflict with your family values so now we've got to understand that You've got to make sure that you are still instilling your values within your kids because we send our children to public school thinking that they're in a safe place, that they're somewhere where they are, you know, learning uh, things that you think are valuable. And that might not be the case depending on your point of view as a family, as a parent, and what you want your child to learn. So once again, it's it could be you as a parent need to be more involved involved within your school district that your child is attending. So that's number one. You've got to remember that. Next is going to be my beef is the elimination of sports and art within the school programs, right? And this is geared more towards the middle school and elementary. My goddaughter's in eighth grade here in the States, here in Colorado, and they eliminated all school sports until high school here in Colorado. That's my understanding of it. Because she played basketball and she ran track and she did those types of things. So the only thing that she was able to actually participate in is when they had a field day. Other than that, there was no other activities. And I think it's, you know, it's only going down the road again to they're most likely going to be eliminating gym class, I would assume. You know, I can't, you know, that's just my prediction. If they're already eliminating these other things, what's going to prevent them from eliminating that? Next is going to be, um, art and music, right? These are the important classes. Now we might not, we might not see it that way, but once again, it's all about creativity in life and being able to invent and being able to come up with something and call it your own. And if they start eliminating these classes that 
build upon creativity and health and fitness. We all know once we lose creativity, as we get older, we become less creative, kind of bogged down to our uh, daily routines. Uh, we become more sedentary. We put on weight. And that can be some of the main causes of unhappiness. And now I just think it's very unfortunate that we are losing, possibly losing these classes within the school system, at least from my understanding. I don't have children, so, but like I said, from what little bit I'm speaking with family members, these classes are going, at least until high school. Uh, so I, it's something that I'm definitely worried about. I think one thing we need to also understand is I know I, I'm giving my issues here with the public school. Um, one thing is, you know, there's not too much diversity in the school when it comes to teachers. I think high school's probably a little less or there's more diversity, but I think it's more when we get into colleges, there's less diversity. You know, I think they're either one-sided if we want to go politically or spiritually. You know, they're one-sided. So when we get into colleges, it's definitely uh, more difficult for children to feel comfortable or to be on their own or to possibly not be swayed in another direction. And I'm going to get a little bit into that later. Uh, but one thing... I think going along with that, I don't want to be bashing teachers. I know a lot of teachers, some music teachers, um, you know, elementary school teachers and things like that. They are a blessing and they are definitely underpaid and they are not given the respect that they need. And in saying that, I think we as parents need to understand that it's not always the teacher's fault, right? There was a good picture on Facebook a while back where it showed, you know, uh, like, parent-teacher conferences in the 90s and the 80s, right? And it was the te the kids talking to the teacher, the parents talking to the teacher, and then they're like scolding the kid, like, why are your grades so bad? And then nowadays it's like, well, my son is perfect. My daughter's perfect. It's got to be something that's wrong with you. You know, I think we've got to understand that it's not always the teacher's fault. They're trying their best. They're underpaid. You know, they're they're purchasing a lot of things out of pocket. Uh, just to be able to give, you know, the best life learning lessons and and teaching our children the best they can. So I don't want to totally demonize teachers. They are definitely uh, much needed in our life. Um, the other downfall is I think we've got to understand that children learn differently. And unfortunately in today's school system, right, it's all the same thing. I watched a YouTube video by some guy. He's a very popular guy, Prince Asaya. It just popped into my head. I didn't even think I knew his name. Prince Essa, something like that. And he talks about putting the court system or the school system on trial. So it's like he's he's the prosecutor and the public school board's the defender. And he's going into this whole conversation and he says, you know, look at anything in, in society right now, right? Uh, look at our transportation, how we went from horses to horses and carriages to bicycles to cars and look at the car from then to now. Look at cell phones from then to now, how everything has evolved. But if you look at our school curriculum and you look at our schools in general, it's the same thing from back 30, 40, 50 years ago. There's not really been any evolution or it has not evolved in any way, shape or form. They're just continually teaching in the same ways, not understanding that our children think in completely different ways. They learn in completely different ways, right? 
Some people learn by listening, some people learn by hearing, and some people learn by doing. So unfortunately, when we actually get in these classes, um, children can struggle. And that, and then worse comes to worse, now all of a sudden they're getting graded on, you know, you, well, you're getting an F. And I don't know how it is in other states. I know in Colorado now, it's, you don't even get Fs. It's just like one, twos, and threes or something. Um, you know, but then all of a sudden now at a young age, we're putting our children down and you know, planting that seed of you are not smart enough and, and you are dumb when in reality we're probably not just able to connect with our children in the correct way when it comes to these public schools. A great example was is when I went to my last high school, we had a teacher named Mr. Glenn. He was the math teacher. He was uh, Math was my favorite subject until I got to that school. And the reason why is I was decently good with you know, basic math where it's like, here's a problem, solve it. And, you know, and you'd say multiplication tables, those types of things, memorization, those things were good for me. But when I went to this new school, I got stuck in, it was called IMP mathematics and it was all word problems, right? Everything was word problems. And I struggled so much in this class. It was so difficult. You know, it was basic stuff and, and it's, the word problem was geared more towards real life versus just mathematic and solving a problem. You know, it would be like a rocket shot up in the air. It reached its peak at, you know, 150 feet. It went out at this many feet. Where did it land? And for me, word problems were difficult. Word problems have always been difficult for me. At least I found that out when I was a sophomore in high school when I had to take that class. And... Uh, you know, so for me, that wasn't the best. I stuck with it. I wasn't the type of person that, you know, was going to quit. So I stuck with that math class because that's the math class that they had given me. And, you know, I tried my best. But um, after that, math definitely was not one of my favorite subjects. I'm not going to lie. Next is going to be picking a place or um, education should take place at the home as well. And we've got to understand that, like I said, if your children or we are in schools where they're teaching things that we don't agree with unfortunately that means sometimes you got to come home you have to be able to discuss with your kids hey what were you learning what's going on um, and you might have to do some corrections you've got to know that when you get home it should be about teaching as well on winter break it should be about teaching on summer breaks it should be about still learning and teaching right the unfortunate thing is we get two to three months off in the summer, there's no study at all, at all. By the time you get back to school, you're spending the whole first semester, you know, the whole first quarter trying to relearn what you forgot because you haven't been doing anything and stimulating your mind for two months. So we've got to understand that it's always got to be continually learning. Reading, brain games, uh, st strategical games, chess, things like that. You've got to be able to make sure that you are still learning at all times. And one thing I think that's great in that sense is going to be, I went over to my cousin's house a couple years ago before my nephew graduated. He's in the Army now. Uh, shout out to Xavier. Um, and he was sitting there at the, at the kitchen table and he was struggling with his math. And my cousin just kept yelling at him, you know, that should have been done already. You need to get that done. And it was algebra. Like I said, I used to like math. It's simple algebra. So I was like, I'll go see what's going on. You know, I just sat there on the couch with her watching TV. And I just saw him over there. Poor guy was just struggling, man. You know, I think I got to the point to where he was like 
you know how you just get so angry and upset, like you're starting, you almost want to cry. I think he was about to that point. So I got up and, you know, I went over there and I stood over him and I watched him do his, his algebra problems. I'm like, no, it's not right. And I was like, how does the, you know, how does the formula go? It's like parentheses or what is it? Brackets, parentheses, multiplication, division, subtraction, addition, you know, there's those steps. So I told him, write it down on the top of your paper. What are the steps? You know, just an abbreviation, bracket for B, parentheses P, and he wrote down the steps. And I just sat there and I watched him do math. And when I saw him make a mistake, I'm like, no, what's the, what's the next step? That's not the step. What's the step? And he looks, oh, yeah, it's supposed to be multiplication, not not addition. I'm like, all right, we'll do it. You know, and I just kind of watched him. And after I just, after, I just sat there and watched him. And when I saw him make a mistake, I just said no. And then he would just kind of stop, think for a second and correct it. And I sat there for 20 minutes watching TV and watched him struggle. I stood over there and just observed him and said no. And he had his homework done within 10 minutes. So I think it's we've got to understand that we can't just, you know, as much as we want our children to be independent, we've got to understand that they kneel, they still need that guidance. They still need that guidance. And I think what's going to help is that we sit there with them or we need to turn off the distractions around our children, around ourselves, right? Sit in a room of silence. It's hard for a child to concentrate on doing their homework when they want to watch the TV show that you're watching, which is literally 10 feet away from them and they can hear it while they're trying to do their homework. You know what I mean? I think we as parents need to understand that we need to as well. Every day of life, every week of life, whatever should be a learning experience. And we should not, just because we're out of school, doesn't mean we need to stop learning. We should be learning as well. So while they're doing their homework, we should be reading a book. We should be doing something that's empowering us and building ourselves up as well. And then number one, which is I know my family struggled with, is education comes first, sports and everything else is second. Education should always come first, no matter what. A great example of this is I had a buddy named Dev growing up in high school. We nicknamed him Peebs. Shout out to Peebs. We don't hang out with him no more. He says we were bad influences on him, even though now we've all changed and become better people. I hope he has, you know, uh, found peace within himself and, and his life, and I hope he's doing well. I don't see him much, um, if at all. I think I probably saw him about six years ago, seven years ago, something long, uh, downtown at a bar. But anyways, uh, one lesson that I learned from him, he was born in Canada, but his parents were Indian from India, so the dot on the forehead, right? And this guy knew calculus in eighth grade. This kid knew calculus in eighth grade, and he said because his dad thought education was important, so I don't know if he let him go out, you know, go out and play with other kids or anything like that, but I know this kid knew calculus in eighth grade. And that's just freaking amazing, right? He knew calculus and statistics in eighth grade. And I think it, you know, it's our job as parents to make sure that our children are at all times equipped and ready for whatever the world throws at them. And, you know, but like I said, knowing calculus, he said, when I got home from school, it was we did our homework. And then my dad taught me what was next in the book and what was next in the book. He was always two, three, four steps ahead. And I think that's what we need to learn. If you're a study, if you're in school right now, you should always be one to two 
uh, chapters ahead in the book, right? Because then you're going to have a better, uh, you know, a better view of what actually is going on within the course. So just some advice there. So next I'm going to go to picking a school, right? You're picking a school, whether it's high school, elementary school, a college for yourself, for your sons, your daughters, whatever it is. You as a, as a parent, I know we unfortunately sometimes fall victim to financial means and that kind of decides on where our children go to school uh, but once again I think it's do some research on the school that your children are going to you know back when I was younger it was probably a lot harder for anybody to be able to find those things when the internet wasn't around um, but once again look into the school district see what's going on what are people saying and make sure that you're picking a quality school for your son or daughter. And if not, once again, education should be continued at home. And it's your job to make sure as a parent, as a person yourself, that you are doing what is necessary to get yourself up to par. Another thing is maybe look into homeschooling. I know this is a big thing out there. A lot of the podcasts that I listen to, a lot of people are into homeschooling. And I guess now that... You know, it's been out for a while. It's definitely a lot more popular. Um, these things can be, um, you know, very effective from what I'm from what I'm understanding. So once again, that's something that I think you should uh, look into. Online school. Uh, hopefully, I'm going to remember that. I want to put that in my notes here when I get to the back. Uh, So I don't forget this because this is very important stuff. So uh, extracurricular activities. What are your children doing? Once again, sports are excellent. Uh, but once again, you got to understand that when you're getting ready to go to college, they want to see that resume. What are you doing? Are you president of this? Are you a good athlete? You know, do are you a participant within your church, within your community? Do you serve the poor? When you want to get into college, you have to have a good resume. They want to know that they are bringing quality students and people into their universities. So once again, what are you doing for these extracurricular activities? And when it comes to the homeschooling, I heard a guy say this. This is pretty awesome. He was saying, you know, for homeschooling, what I do with my son for our extracurricular activities is I'm going to, we're building a barn out in the backyard, right? He not only is he going to learn a trade and to do something with his hands, we're going to be doing mathematics, geometry, we're going to be planning it, we're going to be building it. And that was an extracurricular activity and it's bonding within the family, right? So the next extracurricular activity was he was going to go to a farm and him and his son were going to learn how to shoe horses, right? Now to you that might seem ridiculous, but in reality, for me, one of my extracurricular activities was you know, bowling. That has, you know, less value in my opinion than either of those two things. Um, but once again, it's it's your view on things. Um, next thing is if you're in college, that internship. I've brought this up. I don't know if it was in YouTube videos, but I've definitely brought it up in conversations to where my cousin got a degree in accounting. And when he was in accounting, he just got a job at a social security office. And during that time, he made good money and things like that. But when he got out of school, he could not get a job in accounting because he didn't have experience. Now, one of his fellow classmates, she interned. 
So, of course, she probably had a little more debt than my cousin did. But out of college, and she spoke Mandarin because she was uh, of Asian descent. So that probably helped a lot. Uh, but right out of high school, she got a job supposedly at like top four firms, one of the top four firms in the United States. But once again, it's not always about getting the job you want. My cousin said he had talked to this young lady a couple years ago, and she said she really, you know, she's like, I've already got the job I want. I make the money I want. I've got all the things I want, and I'm miserable. You know, I want a husband. I want to have a family and things like that. So once again, it's you've got to be able to plan out what you truly want in life and make sure that you are doing what you want because sometimes we do things for money or for reasons that are not correct and then we get led down the wrong path. But once again, it's knowing that you need an intern if you are within, you know, if you're in college and you want that position, unfortunately, you're going to have to take on a little bit more debt, but it's going to help you in the long run. Next is picking your college. Now, this is a big one for parents. I'm going to talk to parents most here in this one. If you're a parent or if you plan on being a parent, you know your children best. You know your children better than you know yourself. They know themselves. Sorry. You know their strengths and you know their weaknesses. So you need to make sure that you are picking a college Helping them pick a college that is right for them. Not just a college because their friend's going there, their girlfriend's going there, it's cheap, whatever. You need to make sure that you're picking something for them. And the and where I got this idea from, I got this idea from two different places. One was, uh, I was listening to a Christian show. And they said, if you know your son is kind of weak in his faith and not much of a leader and kind of more of a follower then it's probably best if you want your child to learn and to grow in their faith and their and their relationship with God, it is best that they go to a Christian university. Now, if you know your child's faith is strong, they are a strong leader, people look up to them, then they can go out to more of these secular colleges, these public, these public universities, these private universities, whatever, and they'll be all right. But once again, you've got to be able to know your child. And once again, this is goes back to just being quality parents and making sure that you and your children have a good relationship so when it comes down to making these big decisions, they're, they're going to want your input, right? They're going to want your input. And the same thing's going to go for you in selecting your college. Where are you at right now? Are you somewhere where you feel comfortable? Do you feel out of place? Is it right? Is it wrong? Do you need to make some, some changes? And if you do, that's okay. There's nothing wrong with that. Next is I was watching, uh, I don't know what I was watching, something on TV, VH1, BET maybe, I don't know. Maybe it was a YouTube video and it was a, um, it was a black uh, girl and she said, you know, she decided to go to a black college, an all black college and she said it was the greatest decision she had ever made. Why? Because it gave her the opportunity to find herself because the school that she normally went to you know, she was only, you know, there was only a handful of black people. So there she was just the black girl. But when she went to an all black school, now she was able to find herself because she wasn't identified as just the black girl. And she said that was the most empowering thing for her because now she was just around, you know, I, I guess it could be, you know, the same culture, whatever you want to call it, but it helped her find herself and become the woman that she wanted to be. So once again, just something to think about. 
I'm not sure. Like I said, it was just something I had seen on some documentary or something. And I thought it was, um, you know, something that was very interesting, you know, interestingly said. Since I am, you know, I am a halfy, half Hispanic, half white. Uh, but if people look at me, they just think I'm a white guy. So I wouldn't have that problem even if I was in, you know, because people would just see me as white. So it doesn't matter. Uh, one thing, though, is... Uh, sometimes I have another buddy who is an economist, works somewhere here. I don't know what his job is or what company he works for. I think he ends up actually just ended up working for an oil company, uh, makes a bunch of money. He did a majority of his classes at a community college and online. And then he only went to the big college, the school of mines here an engineering school his last year. Cause that school is like $40,000 a year, $50,000 a year. So he did everything online that he could and everything at a community college. And then he only went to the big university when he actually had to. That's another way to save money. That's something that you should think about if you are going to attend a college. Next is going to be selecting your degree. You know, we've got to understand that a lot of people will say, well, I have a master's in this or that and I can't get a degree or I can't get a job. Well, unfortunately, if you got a degree in history, there's not too many options for you, right? If you got a degree in dance, there's not too many options for you. Now, I understand it could be your passion and it could be something you love, but you're going to have to get something else, whether it be a business degree, communications, whatever it is. You're going to have to, you can't go that far in depth into a specialty that does not have a high demand. If you are, you're just going to be hurting yourself. You know, and that's kind of one of the downfalls of college nowadays is you need a degree for everything, right? I know someone who works for XL Energy just to get an opening job at any XL Energy, probably AT&T, you know, to get a, a majority of these jobs, you need a degree now just to answer phones. That's ridiculous. You need a degree to answer phones at one of these big companies and just be, you know, a customer service rep. To me, that's a conspiracy. To me, that's a conspiracy. Now we're going to get in and have a little fun. I'm going to get into some of my conspiracies. So my conspiracy is, is uh, this is the conspiracy. Like I said, with the art and and the uh, sports coming out, they want to bog us down. They want to eliminate creativity within our bodies. They want our bodies to, to be breaking down. They want us to be grumpy and unhappy and not to strive for perfection. So it's starting at a younger age. They're getting those things out of the curriculum that hopefully are going to lead us down that path of just a follower and not being a leader, right? That's my conspiracy on that. Next is college is so expensive, right? Because if you owe a lot of money, that means later on in the future, you can't invest in yourself. You can't save money. It's always putting you in a hole. That's why you've got to make sure that you are, if you are going to college, you're picking a degree that's going to help you get something, do the community college route like I just discussed so you're not as much in debt, right? So you're not able to invest in yourself when you get into a job or something and you want to, maybe you're a lawyer, you want to start your own firm, you're a doctor, you want to start your own practice. Unfortunately, you're so far in debt that you cannot you afford to open your own firm, clinic, whatever it is because you are so far in debt. And then in doing all this, it prevents you from being an entrepreneur. 
and prevents you from doing these things that are not only going to make you money, make you a more productive citizen, but it prevents you from helping and lifting up those around you because you are in so much debt. Now, this is going to be the big one. For some people, for a lot of people, you don't even need college. Like I said, what do you need college for? To go answer phones? You, you don't even need that. Now, once again, I'm not telling you not to go to college. If you feel that's your path, you know, go for it. But my boss right now at the restaurant, I guarantee you he's making close to six figures. I think uh, he said he thought about going pre-med once, but I don't think he really has any degree. He was my boss at a landscaping company, just a manager, and he owns his own he owns his own restaurant, right? So in reality, all you really need is to have some form of business savvy on how to manage money. And you can get that from books if you want to have your own money, right? So you can get a regular job, save your money up, and then open your own restaurant. I got a buddy right now who's flipping houses making six figures. He's got another job, and he's flipping houses on the side. He just employed his brother to work for him. Now, this guy dropped out of high school, got his GED, started working at apartment complexes as a maintenance man, just has drive and knows that he can do things. And now he's already flipped like his sixth house, making six figures a year with an employee under him. Right? We've got to understand, right? I don't know the names. Zuckerberg and Steve Jobs. Aren't these people that dropped out of college and kind of went their own route? Now, once again, I'm not telling you to drop out of college. I'm not telling you not to go to college. I'm just telling you to weigh your options on what you want. If you want to start a landscaping company, why don't you, at a high school, Start working at a landscape company, get really good at it, save your money instead of blowing it, buy a truck, buy a trailer, buy a machine, right? You can get all that for under 100000 get you a couple guys. It all starts with one crew. It all starts with one this, with one that. It just takes drive determination, and you've got to understand that when you first start out, you're going to be working 14, 15, 16 hours, right? But you're working for yourself. And you keep pushing and you keep pushing and you keep clawing and you keep grinding and you keep hustling and you're going to get there. And I understand that some professions need degrees. If you want a doctor, yeah, you've got to go to med school. If you want to be a lawyer, yeah, you've got to go to law school. But there are ways around these things of creating your own businesses and doing your own things. You've just got to be willing to put in the work and to take a chance and to take a risk and trust yourself. But once again, to trust yourself, you must know yourself. You must know your plan. What does God have in store for you? I don't know. The question is, do you? Are you searching? And I hope you are. So there you go. I hope you made it to the end of this. I know the beginning might have been a little boring when I was talking more about parenting and things like that. But I hope that end really got to you if you are in your late teens, early 20s, and you're trying to find your path, just know that there's always a way. And it doesn't have to be college. And I'm glad I just thought of this. It could be, I, I like listening to a rapper, Killer Mike, right? Listen to some of his interviews. He says the same thing. He's like, I make enough money now to where, yeah, I send my kids to private school. My daughter's going to college. My son isn't. He's like, my son's just not college material. And I told him, I'll pay for you to go to a trade school. Mechanic, you can open your own mechanic shop. Right? Whatever other trade schools are out there, cutting hair, you can open your own salon. 
right? Whatever other trade, welding, all these other trade schools, go to a trade school. Learn what's going on in those areas. Learn a specific trade and then try and start your own company. You know, there are more options out there than you or I could ever imagine. You've just got to have that creativity to figure out your mission, your plan, and your journey, and your footsteps. Follow them. All right. So I know that was a lot. Once again, thank you for tuning in. I appreciate it. You know, don't forget to follow on social media, Facebook, Twitter, Google+, YouTube. It's all True Results 303. The link should be in the description. Follow, subscribe. Got on the YouTube channel. I've got exercise videos, nutritional videos, you know, a lot of things I'm pulling off of there and creating these podcasts. So, you know, check that out. Mind, body, spirit. I'm trying to go full circle here, the circle of life, trying to help those in every aspect of life that I can and hopefully be able to change some lives. And once again, feel free to watch those videos, comment. If you want to email me at any time, it's true results 303 at gmail or at yahoo.com. That's T-R-U results 303. There's no E on that true, just like it is on the podcast name. Email me thoughts, questions, whatever you need. I will try and get back to you in a timely manner. And once again, I appreciate your time. I hope that you are learning and growing from these podcasts. And please share this on your social media Tell some friends about it just to help me out, help the community grow. And I'm going to end it once again just with some D1, the song that we heard on the intro. I'm going to play a little bit of it right now at the end for all you college folks so you can check it out and, and listen to it a little more. What I did. I finished paying, selling, payback, payback. I finished paying.